Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome, folks, to another edition of Sheck Sports, brought by Anchor. Anchor, your voice out there. That song featured was I'm Gonna Be by Post Malone. Uh, very familiar tune to uh, the buildup to last year's National College Football Championship. And uh, Joe Burrow, well, he was going to be one of the greatest players who are down in LSU in college football history, and he certainly did that. So shout out to you, Joe, uh, and good luck in your NFL career. I'm sure a lot of people will be looking forward to seeing what you do, and uh, I think we can all agree that he's a good person on and off the field, not just a good football player. Uh, back on the air is my really good friend. I consider him a brother, a fellow alumnus of McDaniel College of Class of 2017, Corey Glocker. Corey, welcome to the air, my friend. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me again. Um, I know uncertain times, uh, you know, just got to take it day by day, but good to be back and good to uh, delve into good topics tonight. Yeah, great topic, guys. So obviously, Corey and I went to McDaniel College. Um, if any of you don't know, and it's funny because when I first got into McDaniel, I kind of discovered this little side note, but McDaniel College was actually originally named Western Maryland College after a railroad, McDaniel College is actually not in Western Maryland, but the name stuck to it because of the railroad in the town. So up until 2004, uh, it actually was called Western Maryland College. Now it's McDaniel College, but, you know, there was a lot happening when that name change occurred. You can still get WMC apparel in the student bookstore. And I remember it's funny, uh, shout out to Don Piscatelli and all the Harbor Fields uh, supporters out there. Uh, Mr. Lazinski, who was an athletic trainer for, I think, over 20 years at the high school. I walked into the training room one day and he was like, sir, so going to the hills of Maryland. I said, what? And he said, Western Maryland College. And I was like, oh, wow, that's right. You know, it was it used to be called something different. So we're going to be talking tonight about our alma mater and particularly football and um, tennis, but also uh, interstate rival uh, school that Corey's dad uh, went to and had a great career in athletics and academics as well, uh, Johns Hopkins and Baltimore, Maryland, um, as we're part of the Centennial Conference, which was founded back in 1993. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the tennis. We're going to talk about the football. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the in-state recruiting and maybe some stuff that, you know, might have some, um, you know, factors that maybe have led to Hopkins' really recent success over time because McDaniel College has had a storied rivalry, but there's been a little bit of a downturn recently. So, Corey, first off, uh, we're, you, you start us off with whatever topic, and you can dive right in and take it from here. Sure. Up top of the test, so, mm-hmm. you know, in my time at McDaniel College, I was a member of the men's tennis team. Uh, great memories, great experiences, um, and just definitely memories to build the rest of my life. And, of course, one of our main um, opponents as a conference, um, 
opponent was Johns Hopkins. And, of course, my four years that I was there, uh, they were, you know, top top of the conference, um, best players, and always finished in the top three, ended up winning the conference every single year. And so I started to wonder why. I mean, maybe it was just the talent or maybe just the name reputation, Johns Hopkins. That's you know, mm-hmm. one of the best brand names in the country. Um, not just because of, you know, lacrosse or, um, but, you know, just it's, or it's academic tradition, but it's the name, you know, the name carries so much history right. and tradition. And um, well, they're a university, technically not a college university. Mm-hmm. So that alone carries more significance, but just looking at their past um, 20 years of, um, Coverage. I mean, from 2005 to 2000, 2005, they're placed in the conference. They weren't the best. They were kind of mm-hmm. middle of the pack. Or, you know, they're top five, but they weren't, you know, top one or two. But since 2006, 2007, they've been up there. They've been top mm-hmm. two, you know, double digit wins, significant um, results in the NCAA tournament. So I'm starting to think, what is the pattern to this? Mm-hmm. Every or most years, they played Division One, Division Two opponents. Um, not just you know, in our conference, but they play throughout the entire year. So September, October, um, they'll play Division Division Two teams, or they'll travel to um, out-of-state tournaments. Virginia. Uh, Florida, California, Georgia, they're doing a lot of traveling. And mm-hmm. I know our, our five school have the funds or even, you know, the commitments to that. Um, so John must have, they must have get good thing or get good support. Um, not just, but they have to get some support. Those expenses to travel that far, that often is not cheap. Um, you know, of course, yeah. Air, you know, hotel stay, coordinating matches, and you know, getting kids out there during you know classes um, you know, during school year. Right. That's a lot of resources and time. Yeah. Um. And aside from playing those tournaments, they're also playing, you know, top top of the tier. You know, ranked area division three teams, Indiana, Virginia, Maryland, you know, New Jersey area, um, pretty much most of the East Coast. They're getting that experience. Right. This team, and I've through my network connections of, of you know, playing tennis, you know, and out of college, they have uh, met players in Hopkins or people who've known players of John Hopkins tennis. They recruit talents that they're the, the players, um, not just division three, but they could compete at division one level. Their division one level, um, you know, mid upper division two, they've been, um, and to have that team in our conference, of course, it's very exciting to have that experience to play against them, but they're. T- team is very strong and will continue to be strong with um, the resources and recruiting ranked teams like Loyola they're playing against 
uh, University of Delaware, Morgan State. You know, these are Division One teams. Uh, the net may not be as top Division One like Ohio State, Duke, or um, Florida. You know, even the schools in California. But these are still good, good teams, and they're playing in these you know, tennis tournaments, um, the ICAs, the Oracle Cups, um, Kalamazoo in the springtime. These are pretty um, significant division, uh, division three tournaments. Like a lot of, mm-hmm. it's not just you know, it, these are pretty uh, remarkable division three tournaments. So it's great that they're in our conference, but sort of unfair. But you know, to the rest of the teams, I'm not saying that the rest are no can't compete with them. But you need not just the talent, but the resources to compete with them. So financial resources. Um, you need a strong recruiting system or base. Mm-hmm. That I know. I mean, no offense to McTaniel College at the time, but our recruiting wasn't that um, persistent or that um, mm-hmm. committed to getting the players mm-hmm. that right. uh, we saw for. I mean, of course, you know, if a student, a high school, you know, senior going freshman college, they have opportunity to go to Johns Hopkins or McDaniel nine times out of 10, most likely choose Johns Hopkins, the name, mm-hmm. the tradition, the history, right. the opportunity. So, that alone is already advantageous to, uh, you know, students picking that, you know, picking that option. Yeah. And this is a strong pattern that's been going on for the past, you know, 15, 15 years. Um, but I right. continue. Um, I hope, mm-hmm. you know, well, maybe McDaniel could pick up all these things or even not maybe replicate the same thing, but, you know, try to develop more consistent recruiting more committed efforts, um, right? Get more funding, mm-hmm. uh, financial supports, yeah. Um, and try to you know try to develop develop the brand, develop the the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's not as popular as football or basketball or even lacrosse, but not. But the talent is really strong at Johns Hopkins. It shows it in, in, in other sports. Um, their talent significant, and um, that's a really well developed program. So yeah, they have a lot, I, uh, and yeah. um, it's it's a model. It's a model to look at. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely a brand in in uh, all of college athletics. I mean, Johns Hopkins is the. So I think it's the top. I think they listed as the top medical institution in the world, or one of the top medical institutions. Um, they've, you know, very good school academically, you know, probably some people call it the Ivy of the Centennial, um, you know, maybe putting that above, you know, Gettysburg College, which again is like Hopkins, very good academic school, very high in athletics and recruiting, not the McDaniel College wasn't, but they do have a slight edge. Um, and there's a lot to say about that again, you know, I actually was pulling up the figure right now. So I don't know what year this was from. I'm going to assume it was from the past year, but Johns Hopkins University, in terms of average athletics and the money that they made and spent, their net value is about six hundred sixty-three thousand dollars. McDaniel College's net, two hundred seventy-six thousand dollars. Wow! That's... So there's obviously a whole, you know, 
I mean, I'm sure like I was talking to my girlfriend Alexa earlier and she's, it's phenomenal. Like learning a lot about colleges, donors, bases and everything, you know, Hopkins, they probably have a very strong donor base, you know, these athletic facilities and what they get, you know, you got to have big people writing checks in the school too. You know, they, they built a brand. I mean, you know, once they started to get into lacrosse and watch the NCAA tournament, you know, especially after going to being admitted to McDaniel, it was always cool seeing Hopkins because they were kind of like representing our conference, but they obviously play on a division one level. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a really hard argument to make, and I don't think it would actually ever happen because of the significance of Hopkins and in the conference and the athletics, but, you know, in a way it would, it's too bad that Hopkins, you know, can't translate over, like you were saying earlier, that they can can't translate all their sports to a divisional level because I think actually they would compete, you know, just fine um, because they have the success and the money and the branding. So again, there's a lot to go with it. Um, before I jump into the football, you know, something that we've talked about plenty of times and, and, you know, like I was on the McDaniel, you know, football team I managed for a season and I, you know, through uh, conversations had, you know, heard things and, you know, you know, people and all this, but do you think that the athletes at Johns Hopkins, look, I'm going to say this, you know, the Jameis Winston's and Johnny Manziel and all these players at division one level, you know, there's no way that they could possibly be this successful on and off the field and to have these titles. If, you know, they were going on every night and partying and drinking and then waking up the next day and then trying to do the best in the field. Do you think that, maybe the Hopkins students in a way, you know, aren't as involved, aren't don't, not saying they don't have a social life, but do you think that, you know, they actually really try and stick to a division one regiment and that translates to success? Because look, I mean, every school is talented athletes. We went to McDaniel. You're a very, you're a very talented student athlete. You were very responsible with social life and academics and, uh, and tennis. And you, you did it very well, but you know, we certainly, and it's fine, but we certainly know people that, you know, maybe you would down to a 30 pack, wake up the next morning, put on the Jersey, go on the field. I think there has to be a correlation. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, I can't say for sure. Um, it is a definitely, I mean, I sort of lacrosse has their highest standards of excellence and the tradition right. and that, you know, the protocol, um, I do believe that there is a strong chance that, they have, I mean, I mean, it may not be a division one regiment, but they have a high standard of discipline and commitment and um, excellence model that they follow. Um, the way they compete is in tennis, but, you know, football, um, just in the way they play and their success in, in the conference, I'm sure, which I'm sure you'll, you'll get, um, they'll dive into. Um, yep. It's excellence all around. And right. there's got to be some s sort of driving factor that contributes to that. And um, right. like I said, I do believe that there's some a chance that one regiment or uh, standards, but it's a very high standards that could equate to a Division One uh, model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And look, again, there's, you know, Look, there's probably guys on the football team. I don't really know too much about the Hopkins social life. I don't know if they have Greek organizations. Look, I'm sure there's plenty of people, you know, 
like in college, what we would do and other people, you know, where you, you know, you socialize, maybe you have a beer or two on a Thursday of a game on Saturday and that, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, everyone's human. Um, you know, no one is, I mean, they're obviously are maybe perfect athletes, but really no one is perfect. Obviously people, you know, there's different ways of going about it, but I yeah. kind of think that that has to be a, a driving factor. Um, now I kind of feel like Chris Fowler earlier. I was doing a lot of Chris Fowler from, you know, he was formerly on college game day. Uh, I kind of felt like Lee Corzo earlier doing all these statistics. It's actually very eye-opening. If your dad was sitting right next to you listening to the slide, he would probably either know this stuff, kind of laugh because it's just true, and maybe even be surprised at some stuff I found. But pretty much everyone out there. So the Centennial Conference was founded in 93, 1993. But, you know, actually, we have had a pretty good success rate. We've won 40 Centennial Conference championships since 93. Um you know, sadly, men's and women's tennis have not done that. Um, I don't believe men's, I don't think men's soccer has done it. The most recent championships were when we were at McDaniel, uh, women's volleyball and women's softball in 2015. We both know pe people that were on those squads, very talented, uh, very good regiments. Um, you know, the football team has had success. We've had championships from 97 to 2004. Mm. We were really a staple, staple in the Centennial Conference, even for people that, you know, they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, McDaniel College Division Three. Hey, we've had a storied football history. We could have been invited to the first ever Orange Bowl. Uh, Rick Angle, who was a player at Western Maryland College, ended up going to Penn State. Mm -hmm. He was there from 1950 to 1966, and his record at Penn State was 108-48-4. and four. And he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame of 1973, the class. So, again – from the 90s to like the early 2000s, McDaniel College had a 58 and 7 record and was nationally ranked. So we really controlled, I think, the Centennial Conference. Now Hopkins has really taken that. Um, you know, we've had NCAA tournament appearances in football, ECAC bowls, but you won't believe this. And, and I'm going to do something with trivia later for everyone that hasn't listened to this yet. Now, your dad would probably know this, and I respect the hell out of him. <laughs> Uh, he's like a second dad to me. He's, he's a super, superb guy. Just take it. You don't have to be correct 100%, but take a guess. I'm going to ask you, when was the last time that McDaniel College beat Johns Hopkins? And you don't have to guess where the game was, but what year was it? Oof. Um, okay, so my, my dad played football. He said that they beat them every single year. So <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. not going to say that time, the 70s. Um I will say, all right, I'll say my birth year, 1984. All right. Hey, you were close, and I would give you a prize. You won't believe this. All right, so I'm going to say – I'm going to put a little sports fact in there. This is what happened the year that McDaniel beat Johns Hopkins. Tiger Woods won his first U.S. Open and did it in style with a 15-stroke lead over the runner-up. That's that win still remains as the biggest winning margin in any major championship. Tiger Woods also won the PGA championship that year to become the first ever in the last four decades then to win three majors in a calendar year. The last, and, and I was, my jaw dropped at this. My drop, jaw, my jaw dropped so much that I thought this stat should be sent to ESPN and even college game day because it ranks even division one, um, you know, wins and losses. The last time that McDaniel College beat Johns Hopkins, Saturday, November 11th of the year 2000 at Johns Hopkins. Oh, my God. 41 to 7. 
though Johns Hopkins has beaten McDaniel College for 19 consecutive years since 2000. Really? 19. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, how is this possible? So it really speaks truth to how they have cemented this series. Um, I also did some research. It's pretty cool. Um, the McDaniel Hopkins rivalry is actually one of the oldest in the country for all oh. division sports of college. Awesome. It's called the Maryland Railroad Lantern Bowl. Mm-hmm. It dates back to 1894. It's been played annually since 1947. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Hopkins leads the all. Yeah, Hopkins leads the all-time record, 58-38-5. It's been a total of 98 meetings, including last year, so two more years to the Big 100. Um, McDaniel College won the first meeting 16 to nothing in 1894, and again, Hopkins has the longest win streak. So it's pretty – it's incredible to think about how Hopkins has dominated us, but it's pretty sad at the same time to see that stat. Yeah, um, yeah. and to be honest, I mean, I'll admit, you know, when you were in college, I maybe I went to one or two Hopkins football games when they were at home, but usually no one went to that because they knew that they were going to beat us by at least. Yeah, it was always, yeah. So in a way, it kind of stinks because it's such a unique rivalry, but I don't think that uh, the student base, you know, goes to that many. Maybe they went to more when we were really good in the 2000s. Hopkins, by the way, they've won 22 football conference titles. They've been to 10 NCAA semifinals. 2018 was the last one. Um, so pretty incredible going back to, and I don't know if you saw this on the roster for Johns Hopkins in tennis, but you know, we talked about the recruiting and the state and the staples. It's pretty interesting too. Um, you know, I looked at McDaniel college and with their current roster, uh, I'm just going down to the stat I took earlier. So for McDaniel college, we have currently 89 players, again, 89 players, on McDaniel College football team from the state mm-hmm. of Maryland, Johns Hopkins, only five in-state really? players. And I saw they had players from California, Texas, uh, Colorado. Oh. I mean, that's, but that's, you know, that's the thing. It's interesting. You know, they really have created a brand and not saying it's bad. Look, you know, Alabama and big schools, it's not bad to have in-state recruits because, you know, there's a lot of depth and there's local knowledge, but at the same time, kind of like, we really should be recruiting outside of the state. I mean, to, you know, so that's something like, again, that Hopkins has just dominated with for all their sports. I mean, um, Alexa's best friend, Noah from uh, Smith, who you'll meet her brother, actually uh, her brother. Um, I'll send you his name. He, you probably played against him when we were at McDaniel. He graduated our year. He went to Hopkins and he was part of that 2017 championship team for their men's mm-hmm. program. So again, you know, he's from New York. Um, so you have to ask yourself, you know, the recruiting has to be. Oh, I agree. Factor. Yeah, it's definitely a significant, um, you know, reason and significant uh, element to their success. The fact that they, can, you know, look for out-of-state um, individuals, it's, you know, unique that they're opening themselves up to, you know, going out there and talent and just more diversity into their. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. One more fact, guys. Uh, the last time, also, it's interesting, you know, people may call it a curse, but McDaniel College hasn't actually won a game against Johns Hopkins in football with the name of McDaniel College. It was all Western Maryland College. 
So that's a little interesting too. Maybe there's some, you know, superstitions, uh, you know, formerly Western Maryland college's longest win streak to Hopkins was from 97 to 2000. And those games, McDaniel, again, Western Maryland college scored a combined 116 points. Johns Hopkins, the Blue Jays were held to 17. Wow, that's really significant. <laughs> so, again, it's it's interesting to talk about. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. But it's interesting, Corey. Let me ask you something else. So, for instance, uh, I, you know, went to Harbor Fields High School, go Tornadoes. Uh, I am still the only ever student from Harbor Fields to attend McDaniel College. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yourself, you know, at Blake. But – it's interesting because I was talking with my girlfriend, Alexa, again, you know, she, everyone, she works at Hamilton College and at Missions, and, you know, she has territories across the country, and she was saying, you know, it's interesting, maybe, you know, with McDaniel College, because of how many in-state football players, because it's a regional school, and it's this, but it's funny, too, because if you look at it, you know, there were plenty of people that I graduated with that were in the Centennial Conference, but they went to hmm. Gettysburg, FNM. You know, if, I mean, I told Alexa earlier, you know, if I if I was walking into an office at, um, you know, a corporate building in the city, you know, nine times out of 10, if I mentioned Gettysburg, they're like, yeah. But if I mentioned McDonald, they're like, where? So even those schools, you know, closer to our college campus that are rural like we are and there's stuff to do, they even get, yeah. you know, more maybe a variety of recruits than we do. So, again, it's very interesting I don't really know, you know, maybe it has to do with, you know, you know, again, we're division three. We don't have athletic scholarships. McDaniel college has really good scholarships. I mean, I'm thankful for that. You know, we've all gotten scholarships, you know, maybe it's different at Hopkins with the amount of scholarships they can give out, you know, but um, again, I, I think it's a big factor. I agree with you. Look, I'll be the first, we're not, I'm not the first one to say this, you know, the amount of money that's given to our football program, a lot more should be given to tennis and other, you know, programs as well. I mean, you guys work your asses <laughs> off, I think sometimes even more than some of the football players. I'm being very serious about that. Um, you know, I mean, I remember your year, I think you guys can even travel for spring practice because of the yeah. funding. And for anyone that doesn't know that our, cur- our, our current tennis program is coached by former undergrads. So, we don't even actually have like a professional tennis coach to fill the rankings because of probably the money, the yeah. budget. So, yeah, I mean, and look again too, like McDaniel college, you know, we can, I, I would say that, you know, in terms of football facilities, I think it has one of the best facilities in division three, oh, yeah. you know, Hopkins actually doesn't have, they don't have a legit football field. I think it's a multi-purpose yeah. for lax and soccer. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, we've got a heck of a stadium that, you know, has been rated one of the best tailgating spots in all of college football. So the facilities are there besides maybe the swimming (laughs) pool. But now, you know, again, I think more money needs to be, you know, put into the tennis program and to, you know, you know, and, and I think with recruiting, it really comes down to your brand establishing those wins. Um, You know, look, players going to division three, you're not going to be paid. You're not going to be put on national television unless you get to a big game on a D3 level. Of course, you know, you'll get apparel, but I'm not really sure what goes into that between what you're given, what you have to buy. So there's a lot of stuff you aren't going to get at a D1 level or a D2. But I mean, look, McDaniel, it's a good, I mean, I don't have any regrets. I'm glad I went to McDaniel and it's, you know, we've had, we've had his strengths with sports. So, 
Do you have anything else you think that maybe, you know, McDaniel should do athletic wise that could really increase, you know, maybe, maybe not saying just one program, but across the board. Well, it's, it's something that that I think they should look back on. I mean, they had had to do something right, you know, in the nineties, you know, in the Mm best in the early two thousands with football. Um, And they've had success. It's not just in football. They've had success in other sports uh, throughout, you know, yeah. Their, since their founding and establishment, um, yeah, I don't know if it's, um, you know, the current stigma. Oh, you know, I, I get the same thing too. And that's who asked for ready to go to college. Oh, I said, but you know, they're like, where? Hmm. I don't. Yeah. Um, and oh, I was like, oh, the schools my I compete with. Oh, like, oh yeah, Johns Hopkins. Why don't you go there? I'm like, well, it's not quite easy to get in. Um, but yes, of course. Very um, hard. It seems like McDaniel has been put sort of as like as an outsider of the conference in terms of their success and I'm not saying like tennis, mm-hmm. but overall um, it's, it's yeah. still like, you know, we need to commit more funding um, in sports. I mean, that, that gap you told me earlier, that's two and a half times less than Johns Hopkins, um, mm-hmm. even though the bigger school, uh, whatnot, but there still needs to be, um, you know, more money into that. Saying that that should be yeah. all the money should go to, but you know, just think about putting more into each sport. Um, mm-hmm. Try to look at getting kids from, you know, outside of Maryland. Um, I mean, perhaps maybe the tuition expensive, um, but think about ways. It's true. You know, market your brand, McDaniel. Um, you know, look at why are kids choosing, um, you know, schools, Johns Hopkins, Swarthmore, yeah, as well, Haverford, F and M. Um, you know, why, why are they choosing them? Mm-hmm. McDaniel is not. Mm-hmm. They're they're intelligent people that go there. It's a academic it's strong. But why are they choosing those schools? What are those schools that right. will right make them successful over McDaniel. Um, so right. I didn't answer those questions. And um, yeah. try to go back to their tradition. You know, what made them special? Uh, you know, what made yeah. them so special those years ago? Uh, it's sort right. of, you know, it's sort of, I mean, I guess it's hard to say before when we got there, but, you know, when we were there, like, it, I don't know, it, it, compared to the schools that, they're more, um, it seemed like they're even traveling to the schools for, um, you know, competition and events. It seemed that everything was sort of in sync with the schools in terms of, okay, you have, you have people supporting your, um, your events, your fans. Um, and look at their tennis facilities. They have indoor facilities. They have like many, um, you know, shed, like, like a storage, um, right. Center or like a, in, like, you know, many building and stuff. And it's like, well, I'm sure that doesn't cost that much money. You know, why can't we throw a thousand, you know? So it's, the, it's those little things that make a difference. Not just mm-hmm. focusing on, you know, getting a win or, you know, getting, you know, whatever, but things that can add up over time. I mean, I'm, it's not going to be a one year thing. It may take a, a bit of time, but, 
it's got it's got to be things that you know that go back to tradition and what made them great yeah and what they can go back on that and just sort of look at that again and say hmm how can we improve this we have a here yeah let's try to revamp it a bit so those Yeah, yeah i i agree i really do i think that it's you know it's a smart move and there's a lot of little things that you need to do to really, you know, transform a program. I think actually, and again, this would never happen, but, you know, imagine if a guy like, you know, PJ Fleck, the coach at Minnesota, I think he's one of the best coaches in college football. You know, that's a huge thing. Last season, his big thing was row the boat. And like you said, he went back to the roots of the college, you know, with their traditions and the sayings. And, and, you know, he had never, you know, it was his first time coaching there, but, he believed it like he was actually a part of the of the Minnesota, you know, he's part of the Minnesota family, but he came into believing that like he had already been a part of the school, like he had graduated and played. So that's a lot of it too, you know, like going back to the roots, taking old traditions, you know, using it to invigorate young, uh, you know, young, uh, young men and women to really strive, you know, to get to a whole nother level. So I think that's really big too. I'm sure McDaniels wanted to have a, a many coaches, but some of them maybe have gotten better offers and maybe saw it as a big challenge, but yeah, it's the little things. I mean, look, I'll say this. I loved, you know, getting friends to, I loved, you know, dragging people to watch you guys play tennis, but at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, there should be students there. It shouldn't be a question of, should I go watch the tennis team or the soccer team? It's like, I freaking go to McDaniel College. I'm going to support them. I'm going to go watch it. I don't need anyone to motivate me to go watch yeah. them play. So, you know, that's a big thing, too. Again, maybe there's a factor because, you know, we're a college where a lot of students, and there's nothing wrong with it, but there are a lot of students, you know, that commute home on the weekends. And you look at sometimes big state schools where, you know, there's more out of state students and that kind of because of the brand there, they, you know, they don't want to, they don't have to, but they want to stay for those Saturday game days and they want to be at the field and be a part of the pageantry. So again, yeah, there's so many factors, but again, I think, you know, like you said, it's definitely some money. It's the brand, you know, you got to utilize social media these days yeah. with, with, the, with the younger generation, you got to send out highlight films. You got to show your swag. Um, you got to do a bunch of little things. So, there's a lot to it, but I will have to say as much as it pains me to see this Hopkins winning streak, you know, call me crazy, but it's funny. I actually was thinking of it this morning. I was watching um, knock on wood. We'll have college football season. I was tuning into college game day, an episode, which you have relation to through family. And we had talked about, but James Madison, I remember Derek yeah. out there, right. With uh, some of his friends and JMU, they're an FCS FCS school. But imagine that man for the 100th matchup of Hopkins and McDaniel that college game day, yeah. like came to what it, imagine it like being in Westminster, they come because in a way it's a very historical game. And then imagine like we finally break that streak and we win the 100th meeting and we break that like losing streak. Would be be really so cool. It would be, you know, part, part of me even tells myself like, man, you know, just write a letter to like ESPN, send it in because you never know what will happen. Maybe, even just say, look, mention my school on, you know, a take because it's been really historic, but that'd be pretty cool. I mean, a hundred meetings and, and, you know, again, it's a, in a way it's a credit because both of these programs have produced so much yeah. success for, we would argue probably one of the most competitive conferences in division three sports, especially if you're talking about 
uh, men's lacrosse, even though Hopkins is ranked is in division one. Um, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting really to look at the numbers and figures. Um, and it's something cool actually too. This is, this is big. So on 2009, November 14th, Hopkins traveled to Westminster, Maryland for a game. It was the 88th meeting between the two schools. The game was also the 1,000th game in McDaniel football history. This game also was the first time two coaches in the state of Maryland played against each other with 100 victories wow. in their respective careers. McDaniel's Tim Keating had 103 wins at McDaniel College, and Johns Hopkins' Jim Margraff had 126 victories at the start of the game. So again, there's been a lot of success. I'm sure your dad has many stories, and I've heard some of success with the Blue Jays and their program. Um, but yeah, it's interesting again to, again, to think about, um, we'll see, you know, what happens again, you know, there is a football schedule release for McDaniel college. It looks like they're still planning on playing. Um, again, we don't know, you know, there's a big correlation between if schools can have athletics, it means that all, all students would be back as opposed to having athletic events without students present. Um, I think that is a little bit of a more maybe juicy argument at the D1 level because of the money that goes into athletics. Um, and, you know, obviously they want to fill up, you know, uh, the big house and all those other stadiums with the amount of people they can hold. But I actually pulled up the uh, schedule earlier from McDaniel College. I'm just going to load it up just to uh, read for all of our fellow alums out there uh, what is happening. Actually, let's see. It should Sorry, guys, bear with me one second. Just going to pull this up real quick. Uh, fan zone, inside athletics, sports. All right, so let's see if there is a schedule. Well, I guess there's not a schedule yet on the uh, 20 on the athletic page, uh, but obviously we'd be playing Hopkins the last game of the season. The upcoming edition is going to be away. Uh it's going to be away at Johns Hopkins uh, for this past season of 2019. We lost to Hopkins a whopping 42 to nothing yeah. at home. <laughs> so again, if that tells you anything about uh, our, our records, you know, we did start off the season two and Oh, we had a loss to Franklin and Marshall, the dips as we've referred to them as we had a big win against Gettysburg, which historically the past few years, we haven't had that much success against. Uh, but from there, we actually lost the rest of the games of the season. That's one, two, three, four, seven games we lost in a row. Two of those games were nationally ranked teams, Muhlenberg and Susquehanna. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously, I think with maybe learning a little bit more about the history, even though I wasn't already kind of paying attention, I'm really going to keep my eye on that Hopkins-McDaniel yeah. game and stream it. Um Hopefully in the future we can get back to one on the hill and maybe go to one with your dad over at Hopkins. I'd love to see that field. I've heard it's a beautiful facility, and also I believe the home of the uh, Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, I've been there. I've been, I mean, at football games. Uh, I saw a playoff game the year they they made a run to. Oh no, I'm sorry. The year no, it was a tournament that they had a chance to get to the national quarterfinals. Um, hmm. And of course, these lacrosse games there. It's not. It's a nice little uh, setup. Um, and um, it's very it's a nice gathering um, that not the biggest stadium compared to yeah. our football stadium but in terms of a, a mm -hmm. place I like it a lot 
Yeah, no, I've heard it's a great atmosphere. Again, like, you know, it's funny. We talk about in sports all the time. You may have a small stadium, but if you got 20,000 people, it's like being in a huge stadium. You got all the noise. I know their fans are very passionate. I know you were there for a moment that would have been amazing to be at as well when Hopkins beat Duke in that historic national championship game in Maryland uh, where I think they were down like nine goals and they came back to win. Obviously, that was before the huge uh, Duke scandal. Uh, If anyone hasn't seen Fantastic Lies on ESPN, you really should see it. It's a powerful story, not just about lacrosse, but journalism in this day of age and what it really means to report the facts before, you know, jumping to a conclusion. Um, Yeah, so interesting. I guess the last part of our show, I know we don't have a final word yet, but I was pulling up the top 25 uh, AP poll right now. Um, So LSU is ranked number one. Uh, Clemson, Ohio State are far behind. I know it's very early. I think what I'm actually going to do this year for everyone out there is I'm actually going to pick my national champions before the season starts, but really put thought into it. You know, look at the numbers, make some choices, and then kind of stick with it and see what happens. But uh, for our last segment, you know, Corey, maybe it doesn't have to be who's going to win the national championship, but is there any team that you're really looking forward to if college football happens this season just watching to see what they can do throughout the year yeah um i know it's it's only um june but i'm excited um you know i I see like news and updates um regarding the um you know the season whatnot i'm excited to see um i guess seeing you know clemson i mean i'm not saying i want i'm excited to see him but Mm -hmm. in terms of trevor lawrence uh bouncing back after the loss from LC than championship game. I hear um, right. Georgia could be, could be a benefactor of that Georgia Alabama game that's supposed to be mm-hmm. um, hopefully um, on schedule this year. Um, Clemson Notre Dame is gonna be a good one. Um, there's a lot of a lot of good teams that Oregon just be. I'm excited for this year. Um, see a Pac-12 team in the in the in, yeah. the, in the in the in the playoff. Um, much yeah, sec um i want to see a new a new contender that gets a chance mm-hmm. uh, a shot mm-hmm. um yeah i i, I agree I, I love your points um it'll be interesting look again i was again maybe it's just watching all these college game days but you, you know i've said it before and it's fine and I, I can admit that i think a lot of people in this state age believe it but especially with the college football playoff rankings. Of course, I want, I want a Pac-12 team. I think the Pac-12 really needs to get into the college football playoffs because it's just something that's good for the game and good for the Conference of Champions because they haven't had a champion in a while. And for anyone listening out there, I feel like it's fair to say, you know, college football and the playoffs and even the Superior Championships, let's say, you know, there's a crazy scenario where like there were no SEC teams and come the playoffs or there was one, there was only one team, right? That doesn't mean that, you know, that it's terrible. Like the SEC does not completely define college football and college football isn't completely defined by the SEC. So I think I, I really want a you know, a big 10 team in there. I want a pac 12 team. And I think it's only fair. Um, I'm really looking forward to, seeing what Arizona state does under the direction of Herm Edwards. Um, that program is going to be very explosive. Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels, there's been a lot of talk, the sophomore 
from California, actually from near where uh, Alexa's uh, is from. And I found out this was very interesting that uh, a family friend that her mom is known for forever, uh, this gentleman, Ryan, uh, he went to Washington, um, played in the Rose Bowl. They won the Rose Bowl. And he's actually like a private quarterback coach now. It's a huge industry. And one of his clients is Jaden Daniels oh, from Arizona State. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see what Arizona State does. I mean, heck, they beat Florida State in the Tony, the Tiger <laughs> Sun Bowl. Um, they had a winning record of eight and five. I remember probably the game of the year for the Pac-12 and also for them. I was with Mario Piscitelli. Shout out to you and Nicole and Madison. I may see him this weekend. I was at his house in Connecticut with his brother, Dylan and Gabby. Shout out to you guys. And we were watching Arizona State. They beat Oregon at Arizona State. And this is a game where Oregon was supposed to seal their fate in the college football playoffs while Justin Herbert. And they lost 38-21. to 21. I think Jaden Daniels had five touchdowns. So he's been projected as a Heisman contender. They beat Arizona. Um, they beat California. They beat Michigan State yeah. at Michigan State 10-7. to 7. So... Yeah, I'm really curious, but I agree. I, I don't want. I want a Pac-12 team. I'm really excited to see what Penn State does this year with, Jam- you know, again James Franklin, Minnesota. I really, you know what? I'm going to say this. I don't want. I really don't. I don't want an SEC team to win the national championship, and I don't want an ACC team. I want a Big Ten, a Big Twelve, or a Pac-12. It's new. Uh, and I, yeah, I think it's all, and it's only fair. And again, look. And it's funny because I think people get riled up in it, but I love clubs and they're great. But again, yeah, I just want good. variety. Um, I think, you know, if I was a young player and I could go anywhere in the country, I'd want to play for Dabo Sweeney because I think he's an energetic guy. He's really become this generation and the younger generation's version of Nick Saban <laughs> because, you know, Clemson is a powerhouse you know, unless he gets a million dollar, billion dollar offer from the NFL or another school, I don't see Dabo Sweet Sweeney leaving Clemson as much as I don't see Nick Saban leaving oh, Alabama. Yeah. And I think to be honest, you know, I don't like to assume, but I would give Clemson a better shot of reaching the national championship with Dabo Sweeney as opposed to Alabama when uh, Nick Saban finally steps down. Because I think Nick Saban has been a huge part of that program. They'll still be great. But um, I think Clemson, again, you know, like we say, uh, they own the ACC until I think North Carolina with Mac Brown can really punch some moves and maybe Virginia Tech. Uh, they own that conference. They have the keys to the car and yeah. no one else is getting in the driver's seat. So that's a conference that has had historical success, but especially now with Florida State, there's a lot to be done. I don't know what's going to happen with that program. I do think, though, in the long term, it was better that Jimbo Fisher yep. left. He went to Texas A&M. I think he's a really good fit for that program. Um, so we'll see. But, uh, again, I have to say, Corey, uh, I love having you on the air. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, a lot done. of good discussion, a lot of good talks, a lot of good points uh, made tonight. And um, hopefully we can another good conversation again. Yeah, thanks, guys, again for listening to Sheck Sports. Shout out to Corey, uh, the whole Glocker family. Congrats to Sean and Alexa with the news. I uh, can't wait yep. to find out if it's a boy or a girl. Uh, shout out to Derek, um, Heidi, the whole family. Shout out to McDaniel College. I want to give a really big shout out to, especially Phi Campus Sigma, but you seniors. I'm sorry that the year ended as it did, but very proud of you guys, all the seniors. You worked hard. 
So congrats, and especially those seasons that were cut short because of COVID. Um, shout out to Simply Creations. Go on Simply Creations to get a great mug, koozie, whatever you want to get. I just placed two orders today with Gabby. Great small business. Um, love to support. Shout out to Dylan Piscatelli, Mario Shearer, the whole crew. Shout out to our uh, fellow friends out there, Alpha Sigma Daniel, Norwitz, Gordo. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, yeah, shout out to McDaniel College. And uh, yeah, I'll give a shout out to Hopkins and Corey's dad. Absolutely. A great institution. And uh, shout out to Alexa, the whole Ray fam. Eddie, you're a good dog. So I'll meet you eventually. And Sadie Louise. Uh, and you got any shout outs? Shout out to just uh, my fam, of course. Uh, just let go for the And of course, Hopkins, Hopkins Dennis, everyone makes it strong. And just uh, um, yeah, you know, college graduates. Um, you know, unfortunate way to end, but hopefully move it in the right direction for the next opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Again, guys, this was Shuck Sports by Anchor. Find me on Spotify, Apple Tunes, and uh, everywhere. Again. Thanks for listening to another edition of Shuck Sports. We'll see you next week. We'll get you back on the air, Corey. And everybody, have a great night. Take care.